Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Shane Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this very first episode of Outcast Catholic. I am your host, Father Shane Demon, And I'm your other host, Father Travis Crotty. And we are so excited to be with you on this premiere episode of a brand new podcast. Brand new, brand spanking new here out of the Diocese of Sioux City. Uh, you might be wondering, how is this podcast hosted by two priests different than all the other podcasts co-hosted by two priests? In some ways, it's not. But in other ways, it's very different because none of those are coming to you from Sioux City, Iowa. Sioux City. The land, you know, in between two rivers. Yeah, I saw, this is great, I saw a t-shirt once uh, that said, Sioux City, the hottest thing between Sioux Falls and Omaha, which is very true. So hot. There's not a lot between Sioux Falls and Omaha, but we're here. (laughs) So come on down, or up to Sioux City, that's right. You know, for the Roller family listening from Bismarck, North Dakota right now, I just want to tell you that Sioux City doesn't have to be a place you have to keep cursing anymore. That's right. I-29's construction it's been a 10-year project of widening I-29 from its uh, old width, and we are almost there. We've got one more year to go, and for the Roller family always taking their children lovingly every semester to Creighton University, you're almost there. Hold on. That's right, and we're doing this for you, North Dakota, Omaha, Kansas City. We're just we're making more space for you to come through. Stop by. Grab a twin bing when you're in Sioux City here. Palmer Candy will love you. Stop by Jolly Time. It's a great Subi place. Honey. That's right. It's a great place. A lot of sweet stuff. <laughs> It's a wonderful opportunity to come to you, friends, and reach out from the church that is still fully alive here and really recognizing a lot of things going on in the Midwest that have to be addressed as the Holy Spirit is still speaking in very profound ways. And Father Travis, you and I are seeing things going on here in the Midwest church that are are strong realities, not only here in our diocese, but throughout the plains, the entire Midwest. There are things going on in rural dioceses and rural communities uh, that speak of a lot of currents going on in the church, and we want to lean into those and uh, not only build up community, um, but help give some support to all those who might feel like, where is the church going right now, particularly in my local context in a rural community? Right, yeah, we've had the opportunity to be kind of outside of our diocese. I just got done studying in St. Louis at Kenrick Lennon Seminary. Um, before that, I was in Denver for a little bit, so it's still kind of around the Midwest, but um, spread out a little bit and have a broader perspective trying to bring that broader perspective to folks who might feel, as the title of the podcast says that you clicked on, outcast, uh, and feel like you might be living in the middle of nowhere and kind of disconnected from uh, the rest of what's going on in your diocese, in your kind of state community, uh, in your larger community, and things like that. And just share that, yeah, there's good things happening, uh, and we can tap into them. And before we get into that, it might be helpful just to offer a few comments about who we are uh, as I said earlier, I'm Father Shane Demon, currently serving as the vocation director here in the Diocese of Sioux City and chaplain of Bishop Helan High School, ordained in 2008, and really had the privilege of serving in St. Joe's Parish in Milford, Iowa, Holy Trinity Parish, and St. Edmund's School in Fort Dodge in the Webster County Cluster, uh, and have been in the vocations office for the past five years and really enjoying this ministry here. I'm uh, Father Travis Crotty, brand new Father Travis Crotty, uh, just ordained Newly minted. Yeah, newly minted, just ordained June 6th uh, here in Sioux City by Bishop Nicholas, and I have been assigned to All Saints 
Parish in Lamar's, Iowa. You might know it as the ice cream capital of the world. Of course. Uh, if you've had a, a delicious uh, bowl of, oh, what's it called? Bunny tracks. Yes. From, uh, from Wells Blue, Blue Bunny. Bunny. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. That's Lamar's, Iowa. Uh, and I'm also the chaplain uh, of Galen Catholic High School. Go Jays. Uh, they're in Lamar's as well. Are you telling us that you're going to put on like 400 pounds in your new community since it's the ice cream capital of the world? Have friends accuse me that that's going to happen in the priesthood? Maybe. Have I tried to tell them that's not? Yes. Will it? I'm not sure. <laughs> you're, you're interested in staying pretty fit, aren't you? I am, yeah. Ice cream is not going to just rule your whole life. People act like there's more Blue Bunny ice cream available for sale on the Mars than any other town. Not true. You can actually buy Blue Bunny everywhere. It's not just flowing on the street corners? It's not. <laughs> I heard, though, I've not been there during it. Their town, like, festival in the summer is called Ice Cream Days. Is oh, yeah, that right? Have deal. you been? That's, it's a big and deal. And they hand out free ice cream. You bet. Wow. Please come to Ice Cream Days in Lamar's, Iowa for the free ice cream. And while there, you will see the vibrant church, really a gorgeous renovated yeah. church. Mm-hmm. Brand uh, new. Yeah, well, St. Joe's is brand new. St. James has had renovations mm-hmm. as well recently. Um, but really uh, some gorgeous architectural projects that not only seek to restore some of the stained glass, keep the statuary, some of the high altars, the rarados, all those uh, really classical appointments in a new structure. It's a beautiful place to pray. Yeah, Google St. Joseph in Lamar's, Iowa. That's what the name of the church is. Uh, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, Father Travis, this is called Outcast Catholic. That's what we're calling it. It's a new initiative from the Midwest Church seeking to uh, really address some realities that we see going on here. And why are we calling this Outcast Catholic? Good question. I Just what you said. We want to address things that don't seem to be addressed a lot of the time. That being that a lot of people feel really outcast. So number one, that people feel outcast from the larger idea of the Catholic Church. Um, they might hear of great things happening in big cities or their friends who live in different dioceses, but in their small parish or their small town, they don't feel like much is going on. They feel kind of maybe left out to dry by even the diocese they live in if their church is small or the parish is small, their town small. So people might feel outcast from, yeah, the larger experience of a Catholic community or a Catholic church. Um, so that's number one. Yeah, it's a, and it's a, it's a sincere reality that not only is within the church, as vocation numbers change, um, as people might not be practicing their faith as vibrantly, but it's also a reality that is deeply intertwined to kind of cultural and economic things among small towns across the United States. Right. As rural life is changing culturally, families are smaller, corporate farms are growing bigger, a lot of small-town America is shriveling up, and that impacts greatly the local uh, life and vitality of a parish Mm -hmm. and how people feel a genuine sense of community and support, and then how how does that impact their expression of faith, both interiorly but also just culturally as a people? Right. And so addressing that reality in which people can kind of feel some of that tension and might feel that, boy, I'm kind of an outcast here, or our parish is outcast, or how are we just uh, dealing with all these realities culturally, economically, financially that are impacting our local community in which we feel not only through that, but in addition to that, separated from the universal church. Right. Yeah, I think, are we both millennial? I don't know, Father Shane, do you? Well, you always call me so old. I don't know. know. We're both young priests. <laughs> uh, and so a lot of our peers feel kind of outcast in these small towns that they moved back to or that they might have stayed. Um, but in a lot of ways, the culture's kind of dried up in those towns. It, unless you're a teacher, you're working at the next kind of bigger town that's like a hub for a lot of small towns. 
um, or you're still with a family farming corporation, um, there's not a lot going on, um, and you might have moved out. Um, and for those folks who've lived there for a long time, lived in all these small communities, and are watching their towns kind of die. Um, I was in a town a couple summers ago, and the school had just left the summer before the church was just closed. Mm. So people around were just realizing, wow, okay, there's nothing really left. But there is some good things left, and that's kind of what we want to tease apart. Absolutely. There's, it's going to be fun in the coming months and years together to kind of pull out where is the church still alive and very mm-hmm. present, and how is the universal church still very present in the particular church of a local diocese, um, but also even within the, the local parish. Right. Because um, there are some really good things going on, and a lot of people need to feel that support and understand how they're connected to a much bigger reality. You know, uh, Father Travis, there's kind of a second level of how we could interpret this title of outcast Catholic in as much as um, there's so many people out there, baptized Catholics or non-Catholics, who feel that they're not the outcast, but rather it's the church yeah. that's the outcast. Absolutely, yeah. Meet those people all the time. Uh, I love hanging out at uh, hipster coffee shops. It's your like thing. A part-time job for it's me. It's your yeah, thing. Really. Uh, it actually costs a lot of money to do that. So Lots I, of evangelization <laughs> helping. Yeah. yeah, and what I find all the time is um, my peers, especially those in their mid to late 20s, uh, yeah, they feel like the church, the Catholic church, even just like the Christian worldview is very much outdated and outcast. And you can just feel the vibes, as they would say, uh, that, yeah— Catholic Church, we're just behind the times. We need to catch up because Mm -hmm. that's not what is working in their life. But I've always found it so interesting that when I'll actually be in conversation with some of these friends that I have, um, their minds are open to, oh, that's not what Christianity is. Oh, Mm -hmm. that's not what Catholicism is. That's not what a priest should be. That's not what uh, a young married couple uh, living out their faith is in my mind. Um, And people's preconceived notions get broken down quickly. So this podcast is also... For that reality, that as Bishop Barron uh, in Los Angeles talks about frequently, um, the unaffiliated generation uh, that just really doesn't have any religion in their life at all, um, and who thinks the Catholic Church in particular is a very outdated and outcast from society. Mm-hmm. We want to prove you wrong. <laughs> well, but we can also just acknowledge that there actually is something very outcast about Catholicism. Yeah. And that is uh, the false notion of Catholicism that is so prevalent uh, Archbishop Fulton Sheen used to talk about this all the time, right? That there are many people out there who have very strong opinions about the Catholic Church, but they're chasing after a reality or an image of the Church in their mind, in their imagination, that isn't true. Right. Uh, it is true in as much as it's so culturally prevalent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it's a reality there that has to be addressed. It has to be cleaned up. Uh, but it's 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 speaking to something in which people who are unevangelized and uncatechized. Uh, or who perhaps have just been really hurt mm-hmm. by someone within the church uh, on many different levels, feeling just they feel disenfranchised, they don't know how they can relate, they don't know how they understand, or they don't know how to enter into that language of, of what it means to be a practicing Catholic. That reality or that enigma for them makes the church feel uh, like it's it's quite an outcast in their eyes. Right. Uh, so we can address that for what it is, uh, but also try to uh, address, you know, what's really at the root of this and how do we find greater clarity in the true expression of Catholicism? Right. And just to offer the broader perspective, um, I grew up in such a teeny tiny little town and so many people that I know who've left the church from my high school class or from different friends I had, uh, family members too, 
their pretty much only experience of Catholicism of Christianity was their little bubble that they lived in, in this little parish. And if the music was bad, if the church was ugly, if the preaching was not great, uh, that's kind of their image of Catholicism where I've had the opportunity to see churches all over the world now and to meet lots of priests and to see lots of expressions of the faith. Um, and just to share that there's more out there than you might know from your limited experience in a small town or a small community. Absolutely. The church is quite broad, more so than any kind of provincial experience of your parish. And how do we uh, appreciate that? How do we enter into that, but still maintain our local expression of yeah. community and keeping the faith alive in that location mm-hmm. uh, with, a, with a very strong presence of the Holy Spirit, building up the body of Christ in that place right. and in that time. Uh, there's a tension there, but also a, a really great opportunity to build bridges and, and broaden the expression of Catholicism and enrich the local community at the same time. Right. Let that broad perspective come and, yeah, absolutely, make it even better there. Right. You know, thirdly, Father Travis, uh, I think we could even I, interpret another level of outcast Catholic. Because right. you and I both know there's a lot of people out there practicing their faith very intently, mm-hmm. seeking authentic discipleship in Jesus. With good community, with friends and things like that sometimes. Right. And yet as they uh, go out into the broader world and as secularism continues to grow, mm-hmm. whether they're living in a big city or whether they're living in a small community, uh, just being a faithful Catholic can make them feel like an outcast as well. Right. Totally. Yeah. And I've, I, you know, I say people with close friends, but yeah, just knowing a lot of married couples raising their kids, it's hard to find uh, a good friend group of other fellow Catholics that are faithfully living the church's teaching and trying to grow in virtue with their families. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes you can find families and friends that are involved in the same things you are, sports, uh, the things your kids are invested in and involved in, but um, they don't always share the same values of the faith. Right. And that can feel very isolating. Right. And here in the Midwest Diocese, we find so many, you know, young adult Catholics who are really seeking that sense of community, that sense of support, Mm -hmm. a network of encouragement as they try and practice their faith and live it out in a very robust manner. But I think you and I, Father Travis, have uh, encountered people who, even older adults, have had problems with that. I was once speaking to, a few years ago, I was speaking to a couple uh, senior citizens, and they have admitted that Boy, we've had very strong friends supporting our marriage, supporting us individually as husband and wife for decades. And as they get towards the end of their life, they're knowing more and more intently that as we go deeper and deeper into our faith, after decades of practicing this, uh, as as we're not willing to give up some of these um, very strong ideals that we're striving for in a life of virtue— they're seeing, even in their older years, some of their uh, friends and their social groups having to change mm-hmm. because what they want to continue to do as faithful Christians is not being supported necessarily, after, even after decades of friendships with people that they thought they were quite close to. Right, right. Yeah, it's really clear with those, with those folks that a life lived in relationship with Jesus is just like any other relationship. It needs to be um, sustained and continues to grow. And yeah, sometimes people's faith um, can get very stagnant. So when a lot of your friends are in that experience, and even if you're later in life, um, yeah, you can find yourself outcast in the midst of your friends that you've had for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So there's diff- different layers here of how we're interpreting outcast Catholic. Those who feel like they're just disconnected, mm-hmm. their parish is not part of the, the broader church, 
And in a rural community, particularly here in the Midwest, uh, they're wondering, how do I really connect and how do I, how do I really succeed and, and feel like I'm part of a winning team here, right. uh, addressing some of these realities that are affecting parish life and uh, the expression of Catholicism in rural communities. And then secondly, as we said, there's, uh, there's this level that many feel like the church is the outcast. Right. You know, it's, uh, the, world is, the world is shaking, the world is moving, the world's going somewhere, and the Catholics are so far behind. Stuck back in the 16th century or whatever. Right. right. When, in fact, everything that the world is experiencing right now, we've already dealt with. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, many times. You know, Chesterton points this out so well that you just go into the treasury, you go into the storage room of the Catholic Church, and whoop, there you can pull it out. Yep. We already have teachings on this. We've already been through this. Uh, because that which the human heart is seeking, or the patterns of sin that can pop up in the world, uh, you know, we have been addressing these things to really see where does the person grow in holiness, how do they build authentic relationships, uh, how is the sense of community and faith really lived out in a way that's going to be long-lasting. Right. You don't even have to just go back to the treasury. I mean, you look at things like Second Vatican Council was so prophetic. You read Gaudium et Spes, or you read Paul VI, Humanae Vitae, and all of that that they kind of predicted about the world without Christ is coming true, and we're seeing that happen. So, yeah, we're not as out of touch as it seems sometimes. Right. Yeah, I, I, in many respects, the church is, is four steps ahead, and yet in, in so many respects, the world says, oh, you're always four steps right, behind. Right. Um, but when we understand the true dignity of the human person and what the church is called to be in light of our Savior, everything else all of a sudden gains greater clarity, mm-hmm. and one has an entire vision of the direction of their own life, but also the direction of a community. Right. And the third thing. The third thing. Those who are very uh, strong in their faith and mm-hmm. practicing it with great sincerity can still feel like outcasts. And we want to be there to support them and speak into those experiences that they're also uh, dealing with right now. Right. And we've got lots of just different experiences, Father Shane, you and I have both had, um, just to share with everybody out, out, out here in listener land. Um, and not to just focus on these kind of maybe sometimes heavy things and these difficult topics all the time, but just to hold up. I think the struggles that people have mm-hmm. and to speak into those a little bit. Right. Um, talking to friends and stuff, they just feel a lot of the time like um, people aren't really even acknowledging the struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, even right now, as this whole pandemic thing is still kind of going on, um, just to hold up the reality uh, of what people are struggling with and trying to shine the light of Christ into that uh, and speak the, a word of truth into that too. Right. I think we can acknowledge the struggles and the challenges that are in our midst and also find some wonderful success stories of things that are very positive and that the church is quite strong. Um, you know, we're not going to get into a competition of which region of the nation is the best and all of that. Right, right. Um, but there's a, there's a healthy quality to the Midwest church. Uh, and I think there's a sincerity in how it's, uh, the faith is practiced here. And even in the midst of, of changing demographics, uh, financial considerations, economic situations that are, uh, that is ch- quickly changing the landscape of what it means to be a rural community. There's still some wonderful things happening there. And we want to point out all those success stories and uh, lead people to a greater sense of hope, speaking to acknowledging the, the struggles, but also the great uh, providential blessings right. that are in their midst. Right. And we don't have all the answers. I don't have the answers. I'm a brand new priest. You might have some answers. Um, Two or three. Maybe a couple. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's the thing. We don't have all the answers, but these are really good questions for us to have even just here in our own city, in our own diocese. Um, so we're excited for you to just join this conversation 
of exploring some of these things and trying to encourage everybody out there to start thinking more and more. Um, I mentioned Gaudium et Spes a second ago, but Lumen Gentium is all about how the laity are just as much the church as the clergy are. Um, and it's a good thing that we're asking these questions for how we can lead uh, our communities, our high schools, um, the vocations work in the diocese better. Um, but these questions can help everybody, help all of you lead your families better, can help you um, grow in holiness better. Um, so these are all good questions for all of us to consider and kind of work through and dig through uh, and kind of, um, yeah, just work through the, the the mess of it. But we might not have answers. We might have some insights, but, yeah, we'll see where it goes. Oh, yeah. I don't think we're going to claim to have kind of the perfect playbook here uh, as two young priests from the Midwest seeking to kind of chart this course. Right. But there is a lot of shared wisdom out there. And as you point out, the lady has so much to offer. Uh, it would be not only insensitive, but deeply untruthful to claim with a strong sense of clericalism that we have this all figured out. Right. One of the things I enjoy best is getting together with old college friends and listening to them just share their experiences, but also offer their insights as to where leadership on a diocesan level or a parish level can be moving. Uh, there's great insights that everyone is seeing and everyone can, can chime in on. And that shared wisdom, you know, through the, the graces of the Holy Spirit can enrich not only our discussion here through this mm -hmm. podcast, right. but also the, the life of our local communities. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm so excited for this kind of adventure we're embarking on uh, right now as I jump into the priesthood and try to figure that all out. Um, and I'm excited we can, yeah, kind of chat through it and work through it as it's happening. Absolutely. Well, Father Travis, it's great to be with you here. Uh, looking forward to many, many more discussions, not That's only right. with you, but also engaging with all of our listeners. Uh, we look forward to kind of unpacking some of these themes going forward and just sharing the richness of our faith here within the Midwest context. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to catching you uh, on the next episode. Sounds good. Peace. God bless. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.